0: Are you a quiet person? Are you reserved? Are you the person voted least likely to talk? Maybe you're that person that sits in small group, a group of friends, and you defer to everyone else, to the talkers in the room, because it's easy for them to talk and it's easy for you to be quiet. You're just not that kind of person. Well, this podcast is for you. I've titled the podcast, A Note to Quiet People, It's Time to Start Talking. If you want to read this podcast, you're welcome to do that. It is on our website and it's titled the same thing, A Note to Quiet People, It's Time to Start Talking. My name is Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for your daily drive. had someone ask the question yesterday on our live chat feature. They were asking about our podcast. We have two different podcasts. They're titled differently and they're on two different networks. In fact, you could think of it that way. It's like two different channels on your television. You have Channel 4, you have Channel 7. You have Your Daily Drive and you have Life Over Coffee. If it's Your Daily Drive, then that podcast is only for one thing. That podcast is for our article content. If we have an article and your daily drive is the podcast, then you will find that podcast embedded in the article. It is possible that you will read an article on our website, and there won't be a podcast embedded in it. That means that podcast does not exist. I had a five-year plan. The five-year plan, starting in 2015, was to put all of our podcasts or all of our articles, rather, in podcast, in audio format. Well, that was a little bit ambitious because now here we are four years later. We're almost at 900 uh, podcasts, Your Daily Drive podcast, And, well, let's just say I got about 700 more uh, to do, and so it's going to be a while. So my five-year plan, it may turn into a 10-year plan, but that's the goal, that I get all of our articles in audio format so that you can listen and read them. That's Your Daily Drive. And then we have Life Over Coffee. That's Channel 7. That's the other network, the other channel. And I do all sorts of things in that podcast. I interview people. I answer questions on our forum. Sometimes we have questions that are so good on our forum that what I want to do is like share the response to other people, to all of you so that you can benefit from the discussion. And so sometimes it's forum questions, sometimes it's interviews, sometimes it's topics that uh, I choose for whatever reason, but it, it's an eclectic mix of sanctification, ministry, business-related topics, those things that will help us either as people living with each other or help us to do business and marketing and, and building ministries and that type of thing, even building uh, counseling ministries in a local church. But that's life over coffee. And you can find all of those in the normal places where you find podcasts. You can find them on our website, of course, and you can listen to them right from our website. Or you can subscribe to them on Stitcher Radio, Tuned In Radio, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. There's different places where you can subscribe to our podcasts, and you're welcome to subscribe to them. And then they come right to your mobile device or your computer, and you can listen to them from where you stream them. All right, I want to talk about quiet people. You quiet people, it's time to start talking. Now, I want to talk primarily about men because men, generally speaking, they're characterized. And of course, whenever there's a characterization, there's a reason for the characterization because we're like that to some degree. And so I want to talk about men because we tend to be passive we can be quiet in areas, in situations, and in relationships where we don't need to be quiet. But this podcast will apply to any person who is reserved, any person who is not given to talking. And so like a quiet husband, a quiet father, or a quiet, a quiet friend, whether it's a male or a female— That quiet person is not the most authentic picture of Christ. I want to be clear. I want to be direct without being unkind or harsh. But the truth is the quiet person is anti-gospel. The quiet person is anti-God. And the reason for that is, is because biblical leadership is verbal, because in order to lead well... You have to lead with words. God leads us with his words. That's the Bible, the word of God. He is a talking God. And if you want to impact others, if you want to guide others, then you must talk. You say, well, Rick, you say biblical leadership is verbal. Well, I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. You are a leader. Every person is a leader, meaning every person has influence. Every person has impact on another individual. I mean, you you may disqualify yourself as a leader because you're just a stay-at-home mom. It's not true. Stay-at-home moms, wives, mothers, women, girls, boys, teenagers, men, If you name the name of Christ, you are a leader. Now, everyone else is a leader too, but I am speaking specifically to Christians because we are the ones that want to stand at attention and and pay attention and and recognize that we are leaders because God wants us to, to exercise the Great Commission. He wants us to go into all the world and to... Uh, Penetrate the world and engage the world, and communication is non-negotiable. It's vital. I don't know how big or small your world is. Maybe your primary world, the extent of your world, is a stay-at-home mom, but you are a biblical leader, and you can't be quiet. Silence may be quiet to you. Silence may be quiet to all of those who are around you. They look at you and they say that, well, that person is a quiet person. They are reserved. They are a non-talking person. But I want you to think about it this way. Silence is never quiet because silence always demands that somebody interprets your lack of words Let's say that you're sitting in a group and you don't say anything. Well, guess what? After about 30 minutes and everybody else is talking, there are people that are supplying an interpretation to your silence. And that's why I said silence may be quiet to those around you, but it is not silent because silence demands an interpretation. Just because you're not saying what you're thinking on the inside, it does not mean others are refraining from supplying an interpretation to your quietness. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. They have to. You're compelled to do that. Everyone is compelled to do that. Supply an interpretation. The person who chooses not to communicate entices others to fill in the blanks to clear up the mystery that silence communicates to others. Husband, if you don't talk, don't think that your silence is not communicating something. The silent partner abdicates the opportunity to explain himself while forcing and tempting others to speculate on what his silence means. You've done this many times in relationships. Perhaps you're a parent and you're looking at the child and the child is being quiet. Maybe the child has a facial expression. And what you're doing is you're bringing interpretation to what you are seeing, observing in that child. Silence is never neutral. The receivers of your silence instinctively supply an interpretation. And by the way, they will never interpret your attitudes and your thoughts accurately. And if you are silent and a person supplies an interpretation, don't get angry at them because they got it wrong. Now they will get it wrong. They can never get it right. Nobody can ever accurately supply the perfect interpretation to silence. The interpreter can only determine answers based on their understanding of the problem, and if their speculation is faulty, which it will be, their conclusions about you and your quietness will be erroneous. The healthiest relationships are talking relationships. Ongoing, mature communication in any relationship is the key that will stabilize the relationship. This perspective that I'm sharing with you is why we have God's Word. The Lord does not want us to ignorantly speculate on who He is and what He is up to in our lives. How disastrous that would be. And so he has given us his word to clear the mystery that exists between us. God is a speaking God. He is a communicating God. Now, granted, there is a lot of mystery when it comes to God, but you need to understand the proportional differences between us and him. We're finite. He's infinite. He is omniscient. We are limited in what we know. And so there will always be mystery, but please understand this. God has given us everything that we need to know to live a righteous life, to live well with other people, and to live well with Him. He has given us all the information we need to live well because He is a speaking God. The strength of any relationship rests in the quality of the communication within the relationship. I'm making a case here for communicating. I'm making a case here for talking. That's why I titled it a note to quiet people. It is time to start talking. The Father bathes us in His Word God the Father, because he knows it's only by his word that we can be clean. In fact, that's what he said in John 17, 17, sanctify or cleanse them in the truth. Your word is truth. Praise God that he is a speaking God. Now, do you want to lead well? Well, all good leaders are verbal Because it is impossible to lead well while choosing silence as the central plank in your leadership platform. Learn the skill of communication. Mabel lived with a quiet dad. He was a reserved, passive, and non-communicative guy. Her dad would say that being quiet is who he is, just as I am. And whenever he was challenged to talk more, he would, he would quickly drop the God card on the table and he would say just that, God made me this way. Now, there is no question that he was a quiet person. There is no argument that he was not connecting the gospel dots also. The gospel dots are Christ came to change us from who we are, So there would be a progressive, incremental change in someone's lives, uh, in someone else. To say that God made you that way is an immature response at best that negates the transformative power of the gospel in an individual's life. God made me that way. Perhaps you did come out of the womb non-communicative. Perhaps you've been shaped that way. Maybe you were born in a family where <laughs> survival of the fittest and you just gradually took the back seat and kept to yourself. Jesus came to save us from ourselves. Let me say it clearly. Jesus came to change us. In fact, in 2 Corinthians five seventeen, you probably know this verse. If anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Do you hear that? You're not that old creation. You're not to be that old person. Paul went on to say in the second sentence in this verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the second sentence says, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Honestly, it is intellectually dishonest to say this is who I am while not cooperating with the Lord to become something better than just as I am. Paul also said in Romans twelve two, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It's on you. It's on me to cooperate with the Lord to change us from who we are so we can more effectively imitate God. Ephesians 5, 1, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. God came to give the quiet guy words to say. He came to transform our tongues into redemptive tools for the building up. Of others, this concept doesn't mean that the quiet guy should become a talking head. Some people will say that. Well, I'm not supposed to be quiet, so I'm supposed to be like, you know, Chatty Cathy. You know, Chatty Cathy. In fact, I'll use my wife as an illustration of that. I am a naturally quiet person, meaning just the way I am, and my wife is a naturally talking person. She talks a lot. She talks often. She has a social gift that I do not have. And so therefore she finds talking easy. Now she's from the northern part of the United States and she came to the southern part of the United States in 1987 and she was introduced to sweet southern tea. And I can tell you that when my wife drinks sweet southern tea, which she calls syrup, by the way, but when she drinks that tea, her mouth moves even faster than it normally does. And so when I look at that, it can be intimidating because I am about as opposite from who she is socially talkative than a person could be. And so quiet biff should not become a chatting kaffee. But quiet Biff should be willing to take his soul to task, to see what it's like to experience transformation into a gospel-centered communicator. The idea here is, is not do you have the same word count every day as the person who finds it easy to talk. But the idea here is that you do talk, that you do engage people, That you don't drop the God card and say, this is how he made me, but you realize that you have a communication problem and passivity and the gospel are antithetic to each other. The gospel is like a multifaceted diamond where every turn of the diamond reveals a previously undisclosed aspect that impresses you and it motivates you all over again. And Christians want to turn that diamond, the diamond of the gospel, because being excited, being passionate, being motivated by the gospel is biblically addictive. And one of the most beautiful facets of the gospel, when you turn that diamond, you land on this facet called communication. It's an aspect of the gospel. And you want to be gospel-centered, gospelized. You want to be in line with the gospel. The Lord leads us with his words. For you and me, we have to choose whether we want to live like Adam people, passive, reserved, quiet, or do we want to live like Christ people? Adam decided to hide behind his fig leaves of shame. He was afraid and self-reliant which tempted him to withdraw in the background. What I mean by self-reliant for Adam in this context is he used his strengths to, to protect himself. He used his strengths to do what came naturally. In this case, his strength of, of, uh, of withdrawing and being quiet, well, that's not a good strength. That's when your strength... See, some people say, I'm reserved, and that is a strength of mine. And you can even spiritualize that and say, I have self-control. Be careful that you're not hiding behind your strengths that keeps you from experiencing God in a transformative and powerful way. It is native for us to be like Adam as we retreat behind the walls of silence. The first 25 years of my life, I hardly said a word. That's an accurate statement, by the way. People that don't know me then, who only know me now, find that hard to believe. By the way, people who knew me then, and then they learn of me now, well, they are stunned. It's like, this is you, this is who you are, this is who you have never been. I have always been a quiet person, and for the first quarter century of my life, I hardly said a word my brother said that my silence was one, of the most, was one of the things that he hated the most about me. I suppose if I wanted to make excuses for my silence, I could give you a list of excuses. You see, quiet people, reserved people, they do have a list of reasons as to why they are that way. And you want to make sure that as you listen to their list, to their excuses, that you don't buy them. But you listen to them well, but then you position yourself to introduce the gospel to them because they have to change regardless of their list, regardless of the reasons why they say they are silent. Your goal is to help them to repent, to change, to transform so that they can be more like Christ. Here's a short list of of reasons that I would give you as to why I didn't say anything for 25 years. One, I was lazy. Just call it like it is. You see, for the reserved person, communication is work. Now, I know some of you who are Chatty Cathy, some of you who just, you can never say enough. You're always talking. It's not work for you per se, but for the quiet person, it is work because it doesn't come natural And for me to talk requires work. And so I could say that I was lazy, and that would be true. I could also say I'm not wired to talk. That is the I was born that way uh, excuse that people give because, again, it's not natural. It's not native within me to just talk to people. I could say my dad beat me down through verbal and physical abuse, and so I learned to be quiet. I learned to say nothing because that was the path of least resistance. Also, hiding behind quietness was safer than putting me out there only to experience his abuse. Television became a safe place where I could retreat. Television watching is a passive exercise that doesn't require any kind of engagement. You can kick your brain into neutral And you don't have to say anything, and so what I did is I watched television like 24-7. I also trained myself to talk inside my head. I talked a lot, by the way, but it was through reflection and introspection and analysis. Of course, those things became my strength, or you could say there was a positive byproduct of hiding inside my head is I learned the skill of reflection and introspection and analysis. But please understand that our greatest strengths can also be our greatest liabilities. Also learn not to trust people. People will hurt you. I experienced that so many times as I've illustrated here with my dad, but with other people as well. And so I learned to distance myself from them. I never learn how to talk, which is why I'm prickly in social settings because it's not easy. I, I fi- as I watch Lucia interact with other people and the ease in which she does that and the smoothness as she moves from person to person, conversation to conversation, or from topic to topic to topic, I find that uh, I'm just I've always been I'm, I'm fascinated by her in so many ways, uh, but that's one of the ways that I'm fascinated by her. Because for the quiet person, when we start talking, sometimes it's not a good thing because we don't have a social filter. We can be a bit prickly. We just don't know how to do it because it's not natural for us. The result was that being quiet was easy, preferable, and safe. And then, of course, I could only act Adamic. For the first 25 years, I wasn't a Christian. And so I was born that way, and I couldn't act any other way because I had no transformative gospel working in me, transforming me. After becoming an adult, I had to engage the adult world. I was full of fear of man, I was full of social ineptitude. Living inside my head while living in the world called, caused relational problems. Early in our marriage, I appealed to Lucia to take charge of our social calendar. I told her that if if I were in control of our social calendar, we would never go anywhere and by the way, this is one of the action items that I would ask you to do. If you're not the person that's going to engage people, then you need to have somebody prodding you on, stirring you up to love and, and good works. Being a homebody is safe for me. Not talking to others is preferable for me. Anything that can keep me from community engagement was always my first call to action, which is an anti-gospel life. Here are four key words that the gospel transforms us into so that we can imitate our social God. This list, of course, is not exhaustive, but it does provide you a peek into our profound multifaceted diamond that we call the gospel. Here are the four words. God is a speaking God. You want to imitate that. God is an engaging God. You want to imitate that as well. God is an intentional God, and God is a penetrating God. If you want to learn how to communicate, then these four words must be at the top of your list. Speaking, engaging, intentional, penetrating. Gospel people cannot hide behind the excuse of quietness because the gospel demands that we live well in the communities of our world as well as in the body of Christ. I regularly see the irony in what I do for a living. I provide for my family through, wait for it, here it is, I provide for my family through communication. That is ironic. Talking is my life. Some people have said that it appears to be an easy thing for me to communicate. I always smile on the outside. Sometimes I laugh on the outside when I hear this. They have no idea the work involved for me to be a communicator. It takes a lot of preaching the gospel to myself to keep the focus on my need to talk. If I had my way, I would say very little. I am quite comfortable at being quiet. I enjoy living inside of my head. And as an Adam person, I do not feel the need to be where people are. I do not feel compelled always to have to say something. As a Christ person, I cannot keep myself from talking. Typically, my best friends are talkers, though that is not necessarily a good thing. I'm comfortable being quiet, and they're satisfied with talking. In a way, we feed our idolatry. They have to keep on learning to be quiet, and I have to keep on learning to talk. Now, this podcast is for the quiet person, not the talking person. If many words are not your thing, I challenge you to learn how to communicate. I appeal to you to be like Christ. You must step out from behind the fig leaves of fear while stepping in the power of the Spirit, and you need to start talking. If you are a quiet husband, your wife needs your redemptive speech. If you are a silent dad, you must not leave your silence open for your child's misinterpretation. If you do, both of you will lose. You will lose your child, and your child will look for someone willing to talk to them. Jesus lived in the community of the Trinity, but he chose to set aside what he had so he could enter our world, become like us with the hope of saving us from ourselves. The quiet husband, the father, the friend cannot be like Christ. He must repent because leadership is verbal as you see God leading us with his words. If you want to guide those you love, you must start talking. Now, please understand that quietness and shyness are two different things. Shyness is a person who is afraid, fear, to talk. While quietness is not so much about fear as it is about laziness, apathy, hate, or other narcissistic manifestations. Quietness is a choice. Shyness is a sin issue of the fearful, and you need to address it as such. If any of you want to talk about this article, there are more things that I've not shared that's inside this article, and you welcome to read it the title of it is a note to quiet people it's time to start talking now if you want to talk about this go to our forums and we would love to talk to you your daily drive is a production of rickthomas.net a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives if you'd like to learn more about our community please go to rickthomas.net rickthomas.net